Hi everyone, welcome to the last episode of Sex Ed Taught Me for at least the first season. Um, For this episode, Shay and I talk about her experiences with sex ed while growing up in both Mexico and the United States for different parts of her life. We share stories about growing up and learning about ourselves and the value of having people in our lives who are there to answer our questions, things like that. Um, I had a lot of fun with this conversation and I'm really, really excited to be able to just share this with you as always. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, It really does mean so much. Uh, So without further ado, here is Shay. Hi, my name is Shay Bravo. I am... I was the purple rose on Wattpad, but apparently now I'm underscore shade rub on Wattpad. I am also an author. I wrote historically inaccurate published Wattpad books. And I know Natalie because I used to look up to her a lot. In Wattpad, and I used to always see her profile. And I was like, oh my God, she's so cool. And I think we were in a couple of group chats throughout the years, but I was always too nervous to talk to you. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, when you reached out to me, you're like, hey, you want to be part of this podcast? And it's a, a topic that I'm very passionate about. I was like, yeah, I want to I wanna be part of this. It sounds awesome. <laughs> so that, that is so nice. Oh. <laughs> I'm really glad you could join me today. I'm super excited to be able to talk about like all of this, honestly. Yeah. This is all going to be new to me. So I'm excited to kind of hear what your experience has been. So yeah. just kind of getting us situated can you talk a little bit about hometown or hometowns that you lived in growing up? So, I, you know, if you've moved around a lot or wherever you've been, if you could just talk politically, socially, like big schools, small schools, that kind of idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, I grew up in a small town called Guadalajara uh, in Nuevo León, Mexico. Um, it's a tiny, tiny town. It's like, I think when I was around there, it was like between 2,000 and 5,000 people, kind of small town. Uh, and I went to a kindergarten and my kindergarten was right next to my elementary and the kids that I went in kindergarten with were the kids that I went in elementary with um and it, it was great it was a small town kind of feeling my uh parents grew up there my grandparents grew up there <laughs> kind of kind of thing and then uh after sixth grade we moved to the U.S. to a way bigger town and like middle school and all that other stuff um but yeah, that, that's mostly it. it uh, it's a small town kind of thing, church town kind of thing. I went to a Catholic school my, my entire childhood and that kind of brought up some like um, me questioned my religion when I was older and it all kind of ties into sex ed. And that's why I think this podcast is really interesting <laughs> Think about all that. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. So do you feel like sex ed was talked about differently between your town growing up and your town now kind of like where or I guess you know where you spent your early days in Mexico versus like thinking about your time in the U.S. Yeah uh, the crazy part is that I've moved a lot more in the U.S. I've been like, the last three four years I've moved like three four states. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's such a pain but, but here we are now I'm on the east coast I used to be in central time we'll see when I move to the west coast. Um, but, um, yeah, it's different because my parents were, um, well, if I start back in elementary, uh, from four to sixth grade, uh, we had Ciencias Naturales, which is kind of like biology, uh, in the the U.S. And it was very scientific and they never really shied away from talking about the human body and stuff like that. And 
it, it was always that topic that got kind of like towards the end, like reproduction and stuff. And if you don't get to cover it, that's okay, kind of thing. Uh, but one of my early memories when I was like nine, eight or nine years old was that my dad used to work in the U.S. and he used to come like once every two weeks or so. Um, and one time he just sat down with me and my mom outside and it like felt like this very like awkward, like what is going on? <laughs> uh, and they, they just told me about like seeing how it works and like the egg and the sperm and like babies. Like I, I never had the whole like, well, um, uh, what is it? It's not a seagull. <laughs> like, the brings the baby down or something like, honest with me. It's like, so this is what happens. And that was the first time that I thought of like, oh, I don't have to worry about that kind of thing because I'm having like sex kind of thing as a nine-year-old. Um, and then in the U.S. when I came here, I think it's a lot more, um, it's, I think it's taboo in both countries, in a lot of countries. Uh, but the difference was, was when I came to the U.S., I had an actual like sex ed class which was um, the D.A.R.E. program, the single <laughs> kind of program. That was in eighth grade because seventh grade was all just learning English for me. Uh, and eighth grade, they just like kicked me out into the, the big world of English. And I remember we had this uh, class and it was, it was kind of like the whole, what's that movie where it's like, don't have sex because you'll die. Oh, <laughs> mean girls, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. <laughs> Uh, but it was also that time, I, I never really thought of sex around that time because I was also really bullied uh, for uh, being overweight and being the fat girl kind of thing. And I remember I was so shocked because, and it sounds so bad now that I think about it, I'm like, that's such a bitch move. But uh, this girl, we were in gym class and she went and she just grabbed my stomach and she's like, oh, are you pregnant? And like rumors just started flying everywhere that I'm like, I was having sex or something oh like that. Oh my God. And I was just like, now that I'm holding, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Wow. But, yeah. And um, I was not having sex back then. Now that I'm older, I was like, oh, that's just like white pet books. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I am so sorry. That is yeah. like... Oh my god! Yeah, I, got, I got a lot better once I'm older, like just like forgetting like all the childhood trauma. <laughs> uh, but um, it kind of like morphed a lot, like what I thought about sex or what I thought about the other gender, especially because again, around that time was also when I was kind of like questioning like my own religion and like if I believed in a god and stuff. So I didn't really actually start thinking about like as a whole sex until um, my sister actually have, I prepared a picture for the podcast. <laughs> um, so my sister, when I was younger, I remember my sister reading this book at my cousin's house. And it, it was this bright pink book and it was called Kyubole, uh, which translates to what's up. Um, and my sis, I, I saw it and I asked my sister if I could read it and she's like you'll read it when you're older and I was like okay and so and I was like middle school early high school she's like oh you can read it now I was like okay and it's just a book and the image is not loading because of course it's not but it's just a book that was published and it's like what's up with your body with your image uh, with sex drugs everything and that was like my main go-to thing when I actually started being curious about sex education uh, because it, it taught you everything. It taught like, uh, 
how erections works, uh, what are wet dreams, what like how your body changes, like if your breasts get uh, pain, uh, what like when to look for a doctor and stuff like that. I talked about the different types of drugs and like why people use them and stuff like that. I think that's one of the reasons why I was never curious about like trying drugs and stuff because I'm like, okay, that's what it does to you. I'm not going to do that. Um, and it, it was, I don't know, I've always been a reader. I've always been interested in it. And that, that's what kind of kicked off my like, oh, I want to know more about this stuff without being interested in doing it myself. <laughs> no, that's really interesting. So it sounds like for you, it was a lot of like family influence and like being able yes. to get resources from family, which was really nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that just sounds really like, I don't, like lovely. And I mean, like, is the tone of the book, like I haven't read it, so I can't speak to it, but has the book like, yeah. like was the tone very approachable? Like, was it like a kind of non-judgmental, just like, here's the facts. Like, do you think that yeah. was the takeaway from the book? Yeah, it was very approachable. And it was like, it sounds cringy now, but it was very teen speak kind of thing. Not in like, don't diddle your thing. It was more, <laughs> if you do this, this is what's going to happen, homie, kind of thing. Uh, and I found that better than like the biology books that we have at school that is just like very uh, like complicated words or like stuff like that. Or even like you could die. It was more like, hey, you're not gonna die, but this is what might happen if you don't wear a condom, kind of thing. Um, and it had little graphics and everything, and then, uh, I love illustrations, so I was just like paging through it. Uh, and it was very approachable, and I, I found that helpful throughout my journey. I still thought to myself, I'm not gonna have sex till marriage, <laughs> but uh, I was like, but I'm gonna be informed when I do. And then later, even when that changed, even when I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I became more like the person that I am today. I still like look back at it fondly and I'm glad that she let me read it when I did. Yeah, no, I really love hearing that because I know when I was growing up, I had this like, I, I can't remember what exactly it's called. Everyone just like refers to it as like the American Girl Doll book. Like it was like the uh, American Girl Doll like puberty book. Um, and it was just meant to kind of like, I don't like explain things in these very like approachable terms, but it was definitely very yeah. like mild. Like it wasn't something where you'd read it and it was like, you know, cold hard fact of like, okay, well, yeah. you know, this is what life is going to be like. It was more of like a gentle, like, well, you know, you might have breasts at some point yeah. and, you know, you might need a bra. So here's what the deal yeah. is. You know, it was a very, very kind of like mild. And I mean, there was some stuff I'm really grateful at coverage, you know, like that was where I learned about like periods and things like that. But it was definitely yeah. like, you know, I, from what you're describing, it sounds like your book was definitely more of like, like it answered questions rather than leaving you yeah. more and I feel like that's what I came out of like my my teen year or I guess more my childhood and like early preteen years of like having a lot of questions and like not yeah. having a resource to go back to so it's really nice hearing yeah. that you had one yeah uh it was very resourceful and like it talked about periods and like different like tampons versus pads especially because my mother was very anti-tampons because like your virginity kind of deal and I, I love her so much my mother's one of my best friends but uh so the things that taught her were very different from like what I learned I remember one of the first things she told me is like yeah uh, back in the olden days uh they didn't tell you much and she's like the first time I thought I kissed your dad I thought I was pregnant and I was like oh no so um yeah I, I I learned and I think that's one was one of the reasons why she was like she wanted to teach me 
because she didn't want me to be that innocent. But I mean, there's some stuff that they didn't cover. Like I didn't learn masturbation until I was like over 15. <laughs> uh, so clearly they missed some things, but that's what I learned throughout the internet. <laughs> in the book itself. And do you feel like your family was kind of like your main source of information? Like, do you feel like a lot of the things, like, do you feel like you could ask them questions about things or was it more like they would come to you and just kind of like drop information? Like, <laughs> Probably more of the later one uh, in uh, Mexican families, or at least in mine, I don't want to generalize, but uh, you have the whole respect kind of thing. <laughs> so I remember I, I wouldn't really approach them for like specific topics because I thought they would think I'm weird. <laughs> and also like, for example, going back to masturbation, I remember I saw this pamphlet at a church and it's like, what, what are sins? And there's like, does God categorize masturbation as a sin? And it said, yes. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I had to approach my mom because I was like, I am going to help because of this. And then she had to tell me, oh no, that's normal. Don't freak out. <laughs> oh. And that's why I kind of was like, oh, no, I, I shouldn't, I should not approach her anymore. But every now and then she would come to me and she's like, so do you have any special friends? I was like, nah, mom, everybody hates me. <laughs> and then do you feel like outside of your family? Or you can hear planes in the background. I live close to like a Navy station and they're flying all the time. <laughs> that's totally fine. Um do you feel like you had other resources kind of outside of your family and outside of the book? Like, did you use like, you know, internet searches? Did you watch TV? Did you feel like you like, I know for me, like music videos and TV were like a big thing for me. And that was kind of like, you know, oh yeah. my God, like sexuality, like, okay, yeah. this is interesting. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Um, so I just, you know, if you have any experiences kind of like that growing up. So I didn't really watch much like sex on TV. I, I remember my parents were the awkward ones like, oh, well, we're going to like fast forward a little bit here or close your eye kind of parents whenever it came out in TV. But the magic of the internet. <laughs> so um, I love, I, I call my middle school and high school uh, what some people call weeb areas <laughs> where I would just like watch a lot of anime and uh, read mangas. And one of me and my sister's favorite anime was Nana. And Nana is like about two girls and they're, na they're both named Nana. And one's like a rock star and the other one's very cute. And the one that's very cute has a lot of sex. And like they show it in the, <laughs> in the anime and they show it in the manga. And I was like, oh my God, scandalized. Grab my pearls. Show <laughs> <Tell> me more. <laughs> and I was like, I first became like eerily, acutely aware. I was like, oh, People do it for fun, huh? <laughs> so again, my, my knowledge was mostly very like straight to the point science and like pregnancy or don't get pregnant, but I had never like linked up like people doing it for fun until like I started really being in the internet. That is so interesting. I feel like that's kind of a consistent theme with people growing up, especially like now thinking about the super like modern era where we have access yeah. to like technology and things like that pretty early on. Like it's, yeah. you know, you could just find stuff and like you just happen <laughs> upon it. Like you might not even realize what you're getting yourself into until all of a sudden you're in it and you're like, oh, like, it's, you know, like I'll think about some of the, you know, like things that I would read online and some of the books and things like that. And it would go from being like, you know, just a general romance all of a sudden yeah. something like super scandalous. Oh and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I didn't. Like, yeah. what is this? One of my uh, early like internet stuff is I joined Tumblr and Tumblr 
<laughs> can be like cutesy, like vintage or what we would call now cottage core stuff. <laughs> but it's like boom, sex gift. And it's like like low-key sex gift, but back then I was just like, I have I have encounter porn. <laughs> so that that was really interesting growing up in that chaotic area. Oh yeah, no, I really do feel like Tumblr was just kind of this like I don't even know. To, it was like the Wild West. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it then went. There was no filtering, no sort of yeah. real system in place. Like, things would just, like, come up and you just have to, you know, see Yeah, it. Like, yeah. like, live with the consequences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is so funny to think about. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, God. Like, I was just on the internet just trying to have, like, a good time and just tumbling upon stuff and it's like I don't know what kind of long-term effect that's gonna have on people but like yeah it's so funny because um god I remember I used to stay up my I didn't have a quinceanera because my parents didn't have the money my older sister did but we moved into the U.S. and we didn't have any money and it was it was was some hard couple of years so my parents sat me down and told me I wouldn't have a quinceanera and they asked me what do I want for my 15th birthday since I wasn't gonna have one uh, and I told them a computer uh, because I wanted to start writing online and all that other stuff. So they gave me a computer. <laughs> and, I, and then that's when I, I discovered gaming and I started gaming and I also would start reading mangas online. <laughs> uh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> Where I saw one, I was like, oh, this looks cute. And it was like about a tutor and like show you like a girl falls in love and stuff. And it was like, you go down a couple of pages and it's just like full on head tie. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> So like one of the first like stumbles into it too. It really does just like show up. Like it's just one of those things yeah. where it's like, yeah, no, I absolutely understand. Cause I think part of the thing is we always talk about in the sense of like kids intentionally seeking out things online yeah. or like people getting curious. So they'll like look up specific terms that they know and they'll be like, oh, what can I find on this? But like there are lots of instances of people just finding stuff. That's just how the internet works. Like it would just be, you know, you accidentally stumble upon like something where you're like, oh, this could be fun. And then it takes like a completely different direction. And you're like, wait, like I wasn't prepared for this. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) It really, it's, uh, yeah, no, I feel like the internet has shaped people in a various, very interesting ways. I feel like that's a pretty consistent theme everyone that I've talked about is the internet has, something to do with yeah. people's education <laughs> and like me and my partner or like other people would talk and it's like oh, what what does it feel like being a teenager today because everything's like so in your face like yeah. especially when you have like tiktok or stuff and like a lot of like topics come up and even me when I scroll oh I had tiktok for a couple of months and I deleted it and I'll probably download it again but <laughs> sometimes I would just go on the for you page and it's like oh okay <laughs> It's really, yeah, I constantly wonder the same thing because I know it's weird kind of thinking about our age group and kind of this like younger millennial, like older Gen Z kind of range. There's like a very particular like, I don't even know what to call it, like mid to late 90s babies ended up in this super weird category of like, we know what it's we knew what it was like to have a childhood without computers. We were like detached yeah. from that a little bit, but like we were also part of possibly one of the scariest times of the internet because yeah, it was for sure. off the wall because nobody knew how to censor anything in the internet. So rapidly. So it's like you go from just kind of like little tiny like pockets of internet to all of a sudden things would just like randomly. Yeah. 
and like, well, because, no, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just gonna think about the internet and childhood without the internet. And um, uh, I was talking to my partner the other day because he he always kind of had like the computer room kind of thing because he's from the United States and everything. Uh, but I grew when I grew up in Mexico, we didn't have computers. And I remember in like um, fourth or fifth grade they were going to do a computer class for the children. And it was like in this little like municipal lot kind of thing. Uh, and it was this guy and he was saying that he was going to teach all the kids computer because it was important growing up with them and stuff. And like, he just scammed a bunch of parents because everybody gave him like, what was it? Like a hundred dollars or something. And then he just took off and like never taught anyone anything. Like, and I was like, that would never happen these days. But like back then, especially back there. So like the city had to like give the money back to the parents and they actually created like, like a computer program for the kids. Uh, but it was like wild. And <laughs> now that I think about it, I was like, pretending wow. to teach kids computer skills and they're just taking off with the money is crazy. That is such a like, I don't even know what to like. That is such a like specific to a time period too. Like yeah. that's one of those stories that like, you have to use it within a certain frame or else it's just, yeah. you're kind of like, why is somebody coming in to teach computer skills anyway? Like, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. And now it's just like, well, I have my phone like. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is so well, And it's funny that you mentioned that too, because that makes me think of my own computer classes and like, just yeah. kind of like growing up in the different, like, you know, we would have our like, um, I don't even know what to call it. I think we just called it like business class and it was we'd learn yeah. skills and like learn how to like use the internet and stuff like that. Or I remember we would do little like classes throughout elementary school that were just like, here's how you like use Google. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to think that that's where we started yeah. off and that's where we are now. Yeah, and then I see my little cousins and they're like using YouTube and a tablet at like four years old. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's gonna be, I think, really interesting. And it's like, I I end up in this toss up, because obviously, I don't know what it's like to be, you know, like, 11 right now growing up with the internet and like what the differences would be. But it's kind of like, I like to think that there are certain things that were put into place that like yeah. we didn't have that hopefully are now added because yeah. they know what <laughs> happened. So I'm like, I hold out just a little bit of hope that I'm like, okay, there's hopefully better like, you know, even like parental controls or something yes. like, you know, just for certain things where it's like, I'm not saying you should limit accessibility, but maybe, you know, certain Yeah, websites. just like age gating a little bit. Yeah, it's like just kind of like leading into it so you don't actually end up on like weird because it's like, yeah. I mean, just thinking about YouTube and the possibility of the things that you can end up finding on like YouTube. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like you would imagine a website like that has the ability to like really censor things, but it's like you search the right number of key terms or like people find all sorts of weird ways of like avoiding being censored or just like putting stuff online. It's like, oh God, like I It's like, it's one of the reasons because I I personally have never wanted to have children. Something me and the partner have talked a lot about. which I think also helps a lot of learning about sex ed to like know what you really want in life, but also about not a parent <laughs> these days because I feel like everything has to be like, because some creators online, they're like, well, the parents should like see what their kids are doing online. And yeah, absolutely. But there's only so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's really tricky too, because it's like, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh my God, watch your kids like usage. But it's yeah. also like, I think about all of the stories that people have where it's like, you know, specific to kind of our age group, things like, 
you know, the things we could find on Tumblr, the things we would yes. share on like Ask FM and stuff like oh that. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, and it's like, I think about that now and I'll share stories with friends who are on those websites kind of at the same time. And they'll be like, I would share all of this personal information yeah. just like on like on a public forum for anyone yeah. to see and it's like man like oh no I, I have friends who are like oh yeah I was talking like in like private chats when I was like 11 and I'm like so we're like over 19 and I was just like Jesus Christ yeah no I <laughs> um, to that point but it's creepy yeah it's really it's you think about it and you're like oh my god there were all of these people who I know um I never actively used the app kick the like k-i-k or whatever yeah. um the chatting one I like was never really an active user of that but I know that was a big one where people would just kind of like exchange yeah. information and like chat with people online and they'd talk about you know kind of these like I don't know, like, this is definitely paraphrasing, like, experiences and stories that people have shared, but, you know, just, like, randomly finding, like, you know, people who are close to sometimes, like, twice their age online and just, yes. like, chatting with them and just, like, you know, getting to know them just super casually, and it's, like, yeah. oh, my God, like, it's I, crazy. yeah, it's um, the, the only experience I have with us when I was, like, in, like, my early 20s and actually started, like, Tinder and other stuff, chatting online uh I tried to chat this chat and uh I was talking with this person and like we were like 20 or so messages in and I was like by the way how old are you and they're like oh I'm 40 and I like just freaked out next out of the conversation yeah it's like no because it's, it's really so easy to kind of end up in these right? situations and it's like especially when it comes to you know children it's like please like super like it's like, terrifying I, yeah, it's like I know I would have been super angry like if my parents had stepped in and were like hey you should not yeah. be websites but it's like probably would have saved us a lot of trouble if we yeah. had I don't know it's it's a definitely really tricky and kind of like niche experience and I've always wondered kind of what it's like for and I the hard part is it's it's difficult to like ask people who are currently going yeah. through it because they don't have the like the retrospect and kind of being able to think back on everything yeah like oh my god wait that was like super weird yeah. um but it's like I I think it's going to be really really interesting hearing about all of these people who grew up basically only ever knowing technology like my youngest brother was born in 2005 so for him it's like well yeah obviously like computers technology yeah. accessibility things like youtube or like no no new concept for him yeah like, you know what's that gonna do like how is that gonna exactly yeah like my little sister was born in 99 so she's still in that like in the moods we called each other and that i don't know what i'm doing kind of <laughs> And she's still in college. She's graduating college. It's crazy <laughs> because I look her like, oh, my little sister. She's like in high school. It's like, oh, wait, no, she's graduating college. <laughs> but yeah, it's a weird time. <laughs> yeah, it really, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like one of those things where I'm always really interested by it, but I'm also like, the internet does scare me just a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, I think as I've gotten older, I've actually become like a little bit more like, wow, this is like, like no matter how hard I try to learn about the internet there's all yeah. the stuff I, I don't know <laughs> and yeah, all the different great. like pockets and people and things and like websites that I just like yeah don't have like the whole like of. yeah like the whole like dark web or like deep web stuff like that and I'm just like oh my god how deep does it go <laughs> but <laughs> it's just crazy and I think that's like, that's why the older I got, the more like 
private I got on the internet. Like when I make statements, I make sure I'm like, this is what I think, but I don't share as many things as I used to do when I was like 15 or 16 years old, which was just like my life. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely feel it. I think it's uh, like, I've gotten the same way where we, you know, I mean, we've probably been online for about the same period of time. And it's like, the stuff that we would share and the amount of effort that has to go into like presenting yourself online and things. I'm like so tired now. I'm just like, I, I don't want anybody to look at me. I don't want pictures to be taken of me for me to have to share online. I don't want to have to like worry about making sure it like looks good or like sounds good. I'm like, Oh, it's just, it's exhausting. And it's like, I wish there was an easy way to kind of just like start over again and be able to like present myself as someone now being like an adult who like, yeah, yeah, it's It's just crazy because I have like this weird uh, respect for some influencers, how they're like able to like, just put themselves up there and like, not necessarily be unafraid, but just like be able to do it in the the first place because, um, and a fun story from uh, Wattpad Books is one of the first I told them, I was like, hey, I'm not that great of an influencer because I'm not good at sharing my like personal stuff online. Uh, so I'm not like all the time putting stuff on Instagram or on Twitter. And I felt like conscious about it. And sometimes I catch myself and I was like, oh my God, I'm not being a good influencer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's but, really, I, I've always been really intrigued kind of by the idea of like influencing and like internet yeah. presence and stuff like that. And it's like, the amount of effort that has to go into like, you know, presenting yourself, it's like, I mean, it's really respectable because yeah. I think about it and I'm like, I mean, sometimes they'll be posting like once a day, sometimes yeah. multiple times a day. They're constantly taking new pictures of themselves. Like, and I'm like, oh my, like sometimes oh my I, I feel like, sometimes I don't even want to like look at myself in the mirror because I'm like, today's just not the day. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> And going back to sex ed, like just the body image, but I was like bullied a lot because of my weight and like I had acne and I had all these other things. And like, even till this day, people will take like pictures of me and like at the beach or whatever. And like, I'm not going to post them anywhere because I just hate how I look. And and, like, I understand, oh, that's from like all the trauma that I went to when I was younger, but still shapes you into like the adult that you are now. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really, I I think that's a super important thing is kind of like sex ed is not just learning like the mechanics of sex or like understanding the body. It's like understanding like where you fit in and like seeing, I think like yourself and understanding your body a little bit more and just becoming like comfortable as a human being. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's like, like, I think we like to simplify sex ed probably because the way that it's typically taught is like, well, let's, let's do this as quickly as possible. Yeah. Like let's just get over it. But it's like, there's a really great opportunity, I think, in sex ed to have really honest conversations about the fact that there are different types of people who look different than each other, who have different sexualities and genders from each other, who, you know, it's like, it's it's a great opportunity to be able to be honest about people and comfort and autonomy and being able to be like comfortable and confident in yourself you know that kind of yeah there's a lot of topics that I haven't really talked about and I think one of the things that I I make my little notes on the side one of the little things that I was going to mention was like how whenever I thought of sex ed or whenever I thought of sex growing up was like man and a woman and like that's the only thing and like sexuality is never really talked about unless it was the STDs thing and they wanted to talk about AIDS and it was like there are people 
who like the same type of gender. And that's when the people will talk about it. And because of this, uh, I, I don't think I started processing that maybe I was bisexual until I was like in college. And I was like, because I always thought to myself, yeah, no, that, that made, made sense to other people, but it doesn't make sense for me personally. And then later on, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> no, I absolutely feel that too. Because for me, coming out in college was this feeling of like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is like all of a sudden I am starting to like come to terms with something new. Yeah. And this like whole other part of myself. And it's like nobody ever had conversations where it's like, and I, I don't even know how to describe it. And I think there's kind of this implication that like, even if you grow up somewhere, like I know for me, I grew up in this kind of like generally inviting, like generally okay kind of environment. Like my family would have been fine to have come out to younger. Like I'm sure my, yeah. you know, friends and things like that would have been like, okay with me coming out and comfortable with it. But it's like, I had never really seen anybody who like, yeah was out <laughs> like it was yeah. this feeling of like I felt like it's you know and like my my aunt is queer like it's like this unapologetic kind of feeling yeah. in my family but even then it was like I just feel like I can't like I just feel yeah. like I can't visualize this for myself and this doesn't make sense for me and I just can't yeah. like wrap my, my yeah. head around this yeah and it's I really do think the fact that it was completely cut out of sex ed was just like really it really pushed me back probably a couple of steps and definitely like kept me I think more firmly in the closet for you know however long exactly it's it's just crazy how like maybe a little talk about it or like a little like more conversations over it would have made you or me or anyone like feel better like oh okay maybe it's not wrong because I remember uh one of the first not confrontations but like uh, signs that I saw is um, my older sister came to me and she's like, so I told mom and dad that I'm bi and they told me that it was a face. And I was like, hey, I accept you and I don't care if you're bi. And like, I remember I was like, um, probably like 14 at the time. So she was like 18 or so. And I'm like, I, I, I was the person that was there for her when that happened. I told to myself, hey, I might be straight, but it's okay. And then later on, when I, I was older and I like I understood myself, I was like, oh, maybe I am bisexual. Like, I felt okay going to her and telling her that. And she was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think it's great having someone there for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I know for me, the first person I came out to in my family was technically my brother and it was entirely by accident because we went to the same college and it was just one of those like you know we happened to go to like the same party I'm so sorry to expose him we were at the same (laughs) party um and like it was just what you know it was like I was there with my girlfriend like it was just super casual for me and I was like oh like we we never had this conversation like this is not something he was just like whatever like it didn't affect him at that point he was just like yeah it's cool whatever (laughs) and then for my younger brother I remember it was kind of this feeling of like I didn't even really have to like come out to him because everybody kind of knew and then um when he came out to me it was just like he didn't even really do it like I had to really ask if you like so the fact that you (laughs) it was literally like he ordered like by flag themed like artwork and (laughs) Oh my god. I had to be the person who was like, hey, um, 
So is this like, is this you being a good ally or is this like you like coming out? He was like, well, yeah, duh. Like, uh, like I'm bi, obviously. Like, and I was just like, oh, okay. So I was like, sorry. <laughs> <It's awful. laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. The funny part is that I don't think I ever came out to my little, my younger sister uh, until I, I posted the on um, visibility day uh, this year. And then she just liked it. And I was like, okay, she knows. That's good. <laughs> it does make it so much easier, I feel like. it's There's something about being able to just, like, post online and kind of... Because that's basically how I came out to, like, everyone. Like, I was just kind of like, you know what? Yeah. One swoop. Like, let's just post something online. We'll just get this out of the way. Like, whatever. Yeah. No biggie. Um, because it really does make it so simple because you don't have to sit people down. Or, like, hopefully it saves from those conversations of, like, oh, you know, like... Oh, when are you gonna get a boyfriend like for me because it's like yeah. I have no like I have no interest in dating men so I was just kind of like yeah. you know like it, hopefully if I can avoid conversations like that where I have to sit down and directly explain to yeah. every single person in my life you know like oh actually <laughs> yeah like let's go through the script why don't we like let's just we'll keep this easy because it really is like um I can't remember who I, it might not be attributed to anybody, but that idea of like, you have to come out constantly. Like it's never just yeah. you come out once. It's like you have like your first coming out and then you have like a thousand after that point because you just constantly yeah. have to kind of explain to people in like casual ways, you know, like, oh, actually, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, for various yeah. reasons, it'll be brought up. And I just, you know, I always think about that and I'm like, it wouldn't it be so much easier if like we did, yeah. like, you know, or coming yeah. out didn't have to feel like a thing and it was just you can casually mention offhand oh actually you know yeah it's, it's, it's crazy and I remember talking to my therapist and uh I, I was it was this year too that's a crazy part I was like I wasn't sure if to whether or not come out to my mom because of what she said to my older sister and all that other stuff and she's like you know you don't have to if you don't want to and I was like I know but I feel like if I don't she's just like oh well she has a boyfriend so like it doesn't matter if she's bi and she's like yeah, but if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to come out to anyone you don't want to come out. And I was like, uh, it was like a constant weird struggle. Yeah, no, I really, I think that's one of the key things is like, do you feel, it's like one of those situations where it's like, you know, just because you feel ready as a person doesn't mean like you have to, like it's kind of yeah. a feeling of like, it, like it doesn't invalidate anything if you don't want to have exactly. to explain to certain people, especially if you don't like genuinely do not know how they're going to respond. And it's like yeah. one of those where it could be, you know, either taken really well and be like a, a good surprise, or it could be one of yeah. those where things aren't super good and then you just have to kind of figure it out from there and I think it's really hard and it's like if it feels like it's going to cause more strain on you it's like there's no pressure to do it it's like I'm not going to try and like tell anyone not to come out like do it when you want yeah. to but it, it's definitely like a feeling of you like we'll still support you like the community is yeah, exactly. here for you regardless <laughs> of how many people you're out to regardless of like yeah. you know if your parents know or if your best friend knows or you know whoever it might be like it's you know community is not going away like we're still here yeah. <laughs> like, and, that, and that's the whole thing that I kind of learned throughout the months was like um so I don't like really tell people I am, but if the topic comes up, like I'll talk about it and they're like, oh, I had no idea. And I was like, well, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> and, like stress just like lifted off my shoulders <laughs> uh, because usually my friends are very understanding. And like uh, I was talking with a friend and like 
Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this girl I had a crush on, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, you're mine. I was like, yeah, I'm mine. She's like, oh, cool. And like, so liberating. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. It's so nice to just be able to kind of be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this girl <laughs> I was dating or whatever. Like, I remember for me coming out to a couple of people with, like, as casual as, like, oh, yeah, like, I went on a date with this girl. I think you actually know her. And, like, just, like, keeping it just, like, super. And it's, like, you can kind of see the wheels turning, but it's yeah. not in one of those where they're, like, you know, oh, what? Like, yeah. they're just kind of, like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. interesting development. All right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the plot thickens. <laughs> exactly. It's really, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's very freeing, I think, to just be able to have those conversations. There's just something really nice about being able to offhand kind of say it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It's really, it's like, I think that was one of my favorite parts, honestly, in college, just kind of being able to be like, yeah, obviously. And now like, (laughs) you know, being super comfortable with it, it's just kind of like, like, yeah, like, and it's, (laughs) I get like progressively more just like, yeah, of course, like, it's like, like, go team. Like, yeah. all the flags like start dancing I was like yeah it's like I don't know I guess I assumed that like I don't know like the feeling would kind of go away after a while like it would be like okay this is just like who I am like it's not super exciting like this is just it's literally just human sexuality like this is like not a big deal but for some reason it really does feel so wonderful like I feel like I have these periods in my life where I'm just like wow this is like this is exciting like oh I get to date women like that's so cool like (laughs) it's so I don't know it's just like this and I think just to like fall back into the whole like the internet world I think like just people having being able to talk with other people online find that community or like that family has helped a lot especially with the younger generations like uh like I think someone's friend or someone's like younger sibling came out as like gay and and he's like 12 or something he's just like doesn't care and he's like out like how he is and I was like that's great that's not necessarily something that I think I would have seen when I was like my age or stuff like that oh absolutely yeah I I really I don't know necessarily like what trends look like but it feels like with the stories that I hear people are becoming so much more willing to come out like it's it's you know I um, it's just really nice. Like, it's just like, I think yeah. about my brother telling stories and it's like, he has this whole group of like queer friends in like high school. Like he's a friend. I know it's not lovely. He ha- it's Sorry. like, he's a freshman in high school. And it's like, when I was a freshman in high school, like, I don't even think we had anybody on TV other than like Ellen. Yeah. I'm like, we were still working off of like, you know, Ellen coming out in like the nineties or whatever it was. Yeah. We really did not have anybody. So it's just right. it's really lovely like having people where it's not only they find, you know, like shows to watch and books to read, it's like they actually are finding groups of people in their schools and friends yeah. who are also out. So Exactly. And like there was also like that's kind of like stigma growing up and not really in my family because for example there's a singer called Juan Gabriel in Mexico and he has always been out he has like the famous phrase like even in Spanish is like what you can see you don't ask about <laughs> like I'm gay why are you asking if I'm gay um but like even then my my mother who I I, I love it she's gotten so like more like talkative and like open conversations the more the older I get 
Uh, and I remember she used to call like, oh, lesbians, they almost look like butch and stuff. And I was like, oh, mom, you'd be surprised. Like, don't don't just be like narrowed on that. And I think she's gotten like better at like more accepting. And like, so is my father and like a lot of uh, Mexican families. Again, I'm not trying to uh, just over say all Mexican families, but uh, they have the whole machismo thing, like men, men and kind of thing. And I think growing up, I, I always saw that and I thought, to myself. like some of the stigmas I had growing up was because of like the way certain family dynamics were uh, but it's gotten so much easier and like I don't know I'm so proud of my parents for how much like willing and open they are now yeah no I definitely feel the same way because it's um I don't I feel like older generations have kind of that idea of like I'm past the point of really wanting to learn this stuff like this is like yeah. you know I've already I have my beliefs I grew up a certain way yeah. like it's you know but I do think there's a willingness at least like slowly blooming where they're kind of like you know what maybe we yeah. should be learning this stuff like maybe yeah, exactly. we should have these conversations I think that's really nice to see yeah and then like uh I have a friend who has like a very super supporting like family member and like they they never got married and they never felt the need to get married and stuff like that and they're just like down with the times and everything and they're like in their 70s and I was just like that's the kind of old person I want to be yeah honestly <laughs> like, yeah no and I really I really love that point too about marriage in particular I think like even speaking about just like you know heterosexual marriage it's there definitely has been more of a shift into like, yeah. you don't need to get married. Like, it's really, you know, you could just like, you know, because I mean, I, I don't know if your sex ed class has ever kind of like touched on the concept of marriage. But I think for us, it was definitely like an implied, you probably should be in like a long term relationship. Yeah. Like, it's in, like, you probably should be married. Like, we're not going to say it directly. We did have one. Yeah. Like, we had, um, I think, one kind of like outside group who came in and it was, I can't remember what the group was. I think I blocked it all out from memory, but I remember the things they said because all of it was so like terrible. Yeah. Like, it was just like, it was terrible <laughs> because it was terrible. Um, but I, they definitely kind of emphasized the points of like, you should, you should be married. Yeah. And it's like, I think we're starting to finally shift away from that framework and be like, hey, actually, you don't have to be like, just be happy with your friends. <laughs> just like, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you just unlock the memory in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> seventh or eighth grade, we had a nurse was like retiring from my middle school. So she came into her class and it was like, all the boys get out. And like, she was talking with only the girls. And, and like, it was like, oh, never share panties with your sister like even if they're clean or uh if <laughs> what like what I'll never forget was she said when you shave your legs don't shave over the knee because then your silk ropes are gonna like shave you or something like that it was so weird and she's like and boys don't like that <laughs> and I was like what uh and like all of her advice was kind of like outdated like when you and your husband have your, like, your first night, make sure you like pee afterwards or something like that, which, yes, don't get a UTI, but why am I like just with my husband? <laughs> it just feels strange and outdated. And now I don't want kids and I don't want to get married. And it's just like, I, I talk my parents through that because going back to the parents, my sister didn't tell my parents that she was living with my now brother-in-law until she told them, hey, 
um, I'm seeing this guy and I want to get married with him. So we're going to live together. <laughs> and with me, it was just more like, hey, can, uh, I'm, I'm going to be moving out with, with him now. And they're like, I mean, okay. <laughs> and so that's how I knew there was like, a, not necessarily a cultural shift, but more of an understanding shift. Like they've always known that I was very like, I don't want to get pregnant. I don't want kids kind of thing. And I, when I got, I first got my IUD, which <laughs> segment into birth control. <laughs> um, when I got my IUD, I wasn't seeing anyone and I wasn't planning on seeing anyone. I wasn't looking for a relationship. I just wanted to have birth control. And my mom always thought, I was like, well, why are you going to like have a doctor go down there if you're not planning on having sex? And I was like, because even if I don't, I really don't want to get pregnant. <laughs> And um, she was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but go for it. And like I did, I got my IUD and I'm good now. <laughs> but I think like the whole shift of like, oh, it's, it's marriage is not, not a necessity or having kids is not a necessity has helped out a lot of people, I feel. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think there's just more of an acceptance of like people kind of like picking their own lifestyles. I hate to call it lifestyle. Yeah. That's like what people call yeah. it. Like <laughs> passive and they're like, oh, her, her lifestyle. <laughs> but it's like, it genuinely is like people are starting to kind of like move away from this idea of like the nuclear family and this format yeah. of, you know, okay, so you're going to get married at a certain age, have kids by a certain age, you know, be financially comfortable by certain yeah. age you know things like that or like have your like forever job by a certain age it's like you know I think very honestly from my standpoint it's been pretty quick like it went very yeah. it, like I know it's taken a long time to get to the point that we are but it does feel like we very quickly went from the conversation of like well obviously you're gonna get married too yeah well I mean if you yeah. want to you know and I just yeah. I don't really know necessarily like what happened like I don't know if it was because I know like there could be all sorts of possible reasons of like you know rates of divorce are really high like you know people growing up maybe watching their parents have to go through the divorce process whatever or maybe they just don't really like the institution or weddings are expensive or like whatever possible reason there could be I really do feel like people are getting married older if they do get married or they're deciding yeah. pretty firmly at a certain age. Like I never want to do that. Yeah. Not to. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great. But again, I don't know what happened, or how I, <laughs> but I'm grateful that it did. I think it's helped out a lot. Uh, especially when like things and stuff come in. Like I, I know because I, I've looked into getting sterilized myself. Um, and about, I, I, it's something that I always had in my mind since I was like 16. <laughs> and like, I had like this big milestone that at 25, I would get sterilized because apparently there, a lot of doctors will not let you get a sterilization unless you have your husband's approval. And I always thought that was so odd. <laughs> and then uh, like the, the older I got, I was like, oh, it's just sexism. <laughs> like that's all. Uh, no, that's, yeah, I, that's a story that I think it's shared a lot, because I think there's people who are kind of like, oh, we're, we're progressing, like, we've done all of yeah. these major changes, and it's like, no, like, there's certain fields and certain <laughs> things where it's still to this day, people tend to expect involvement, yeah. and it's like, no, it's like, it's almost like this is, this is my body, and I can yeah. make my choices for myself. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really, it's, it's so interesting, like what has kind of faded and what stuff is still very firmly kind of planted and what stuff is still kind of, I don't know what to call it, like still exists and still perpetuated. Yeah. 
as um, it's, I, I don't know, like, why certain like I'm not gonna sit here like theorize and be like oh based on the research I've done like I have no idea but like it really is interesting to me that like certain institutions are kind of like fading to the background but then other things are are still yeah are still there yeah and it's I don't know and I I guess it'll be interesting to see kind of where things progress from here and like what yeah what ends up happening because I think there's probably things that are in place now where we're like oh yeah that's just kind of like normal like I hate it but it's normal but I'm sure you know you ask in another like 15 years and people are going to be like oh my god I can't believe we ever used to do that like I can't believe that was ever like (laughs) you know or like my hope is that people listen to you know podcasts like this or they read books that we used to read growing up or something like that and they're like oh my god I can't believe that was ever taught in the classroom like these poor kids were like they never learned anything you know it's just I like watching the progress and I really hope to see some like pretty significant positive progress in a lot of different yeah yeah I just want a lot of like I want more education and I want like safer education because there's a lot of like um, misconceptions about it. We go back to the whole like things that, that I would hear of, like, oh, like you're gonna get pregnant and stuff. Like, uh, I have a cousin who uh, had a kid when she was 15. And me growing up in Mexico, I remember I saw her and I saw her kid and we would go to parties. And I thought I was like, oh, she's like way older or something like that. But I, I didn't know she was just like 10 years older than me. Uh, and nobody really talked about it or stuff and like she ended up getting married to the the guy uh they, they were around the same age and everything um and I'm like nobody really say that's a bad thing so I thought to myself okay like that's normal <laughs> but later on I learned it's like oh that was just shame like nobody wanted to talk about it um and I just want like oh if they're having more like information or like accessibility to birth control or just like education or um like other ways, uh, maybe that wouldn't have happened. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not to say like whether or not they have a, a happy family because they look like they have a happy family. I just want like the information out there. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think shame is a really key thing because at least I know in the U.S., I think a lot of our conversations are related to shame and it's like shame yeah. completely colors like everything that we talk about when it comes to sex and how we teach it and yeah. just kind of like uh, yeah no I think that's pretty it's like it's just yeah, that's, that's like every <laughs> every aspect of like how we talk about it what we say like what we're supposed to take away from it how it impacts us in the future it's yeah. kind of like this idea of perpetuating like sex is shameful sex is you know like yeah like you have to do it in a particular way with a particular person you yeah. know otherwise you don't have like, to talk about it to anyone unless exactly. like you're with like very close friends um I remember another unlocked memory and I was very young back then but I had like an older cousin not the same cousin but I think they're both around the same age actually uh and one of the things she was talking with my mom and an aunt and I was just like playing around somewhere and my mom asked her, "Is like, well, be careful with that guy you're seeing. He hasn't asked you for the test of love, has he? And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, you take a test to love someone? <laughs> um, and then later on, like, I asked my mom about it. And she's like, no, it's like, guys only want sex kind of talk. It goes all back to, like, the whole shame. And I, I didn't think back then for, like, how my cousin would have, like, felt like being asked that kind of stuff by other relatives. Uh, at such a young age. Yeah, no, it's really, 
that <laughs> brings up like a whole other can of worms of the idea yeah. of like, um, like these ideas of we don't want our kids to like be actively engaged. Like we're constantly like, no, it's for adulthood. Like you have to yeah. be married. But then we make jokes like that, you know, this kind of yeah. idea where we're constantly surrounded by things where it's like, you know, sex is constantly on TV. It's constantly yeah. reference. People make, you know, innuendos all the time in all sorts of, you know, media. Yeah. And like, you know, in, in ways that they know are accessible to children, but like they're saying it to the point where they think only like adults are going to understand. Yeah, like cheeky and stuff. Yeah, but it's like, like, man, like, you know, because I remember growing up, like, hearing references to, like, you know, better than sex and stuff like that, and, like, kind of yeah. this, this narrative of, like, oh, my God, this is, like, the, like, adult thing, like, people, yeah. like, this is, like, like, the holy grail, like, this is what people want to do, and they, you know, have a great time while doing it, whatever, whatever, and it's, like, you know, what a weird mix of messages, <laughs> like, what a weird combination of things to tell people, like, here, don't do it, but also, here's, like, you know, clips from every possible sitcom making interviews yeah. and jokes about, you know, how great sex is, and it's, yeah, like, or you have, like, shows like Sex in the City, or exactly. Housewives, and stuff like that, yeah, it's, it's really, everywhere. it's so strange, it's just, I constantly think about it, because I'm, like, we really do like, I don't know, or even thinking about with kids growing up and how parents would be like, oh, he's going to be a lady killer when he gets older. Or, oh my like, God, yes. Or she's going to be trouble, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And it's like, what a weird, yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't get it at all. Like, how are you going to talk about it in one way? And then, and it's like, you know, I know it probably is meant to be just kind of like funny, like off yeah. and just kind of like, you know, they're not necessarily meaning to like harm anybody or like perpetuate any ideas. But yeah. Like, you know, maybe we should think about that a little bit. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I saw this like YouTube video and it was like baby clothes that make me uncomfortable. And it was like, watch your ladies and like little bibs and stuff. And I was just like, why <laughs> it's like spraying into culture and I think what people learn and stuff and it, people now make whole cringe videos about it and like again I didn't start paying attention to like what people say I was like oh she's trouble and stuff like that and they're talking about like a 12 year old and I'm just like why, why are you making those comments like it's not necessary yeah exactly it's really and, like, nobody really means any harm by it but like should you really be thinking whether it does or doesn't <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of, I think that's the, the thing that people fall back onto is like, well, it's not really hurting anybody. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe not. It, it very well could. Like, it's, yeah. this kind of idea. It's just like, maybe we just shouldn't say it in the first place. Let's just like skip the yeah. whole conversation. But I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, I think that's one of those things where people fall really easily into that like PC culture and whatever else. But it's like, I mean, yeah. it's, is it not weird to you? Like, is it like, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I don't like to call the things that people do weird, but it's like, maybe we should just think about this a little bit. Like, let's just think yeah. about and talk about like kids and like the concepts of like making jokes about like boyfriends and girlfriends from young ages and just thinking about like, I mean, that's a form of like sex ed. Like it's, you know, yeah. I'm constantly talking about sex ed in the sense that it's like it's not just a class that you take it's like every time anybody has ever said anything to you related to relationships related to the body related to like it's super broad and kind of abstract and it's like 
if we're yeah. like if your first form of sex ed is super young being you know being the butt of jokes or you know being told like yeah. you're gonna be trouble growing up we better like you know yeah it's like it's so strange yeah it's like I don't know if I really want to like when we could instead have narrative where it's like oh how about we talk about like personal space or yeah exactly yeah I just feel like there's different directions we could go that you can still you know have fun with it it doesn't need to be a serious conversation but it's it's still an important message yeah or if you're like giving compliments it's like you look pretty like not like you're gonna be trouble (laughs) exactly like just shifting it it's not like I'm saying nobody should like try to say compliments about your child but that it goes about it, it should be easier it's like a whole community thing yeah. like that that people talk about and the people say things really stays with you and yeah. going back to the whole body image thing I still have like issues of like stuff people told me in middle school so I can only imagine what some kids are going to grow up with like when like people tell them stuff like that yeah absolutely no and I think that's a great point too is like I think there's kind of this idea that like adults can just like make offhand comments about stuff or like even like other I feel like it kind of like ingrains this idea that you can make like comments about other people just like and it's like no (laughs) like like let's not normalize that it's like it's perfect to like compliment somebody or like say you know like oh my god I love your shirt like that's a great ingrain in people is to like compliment them when it when it means something and when you want to and when it seems right but it's like probably not a great thing to ingrain the idea of like being able to just like offhand comment on somebody and like give them a comment that might not necessarily be a direct compliment something where it could come across as like you know backhanded or rude or just like uncalled for it's like exactly like I try I I work in food service which has been interesting during the whole pandemic but every time someone comes in I have like this habit of trying to like especially if I like something they're wearing, but like, I'm like, oh, I like your shirt or I like, or like, whatever. I'm like, usually people seem like so surprised. Like, like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, um, it's just trying to like spread positivity. That's my whole thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a lot. I don't, I just, I prefer that messaging rather than, you know, yeah, yeah just like comment offhand on people and like, you yeah. know, make comments about like their body or their hair. Exactly. It's like, no, if you, you know, the whole idea of, like, if you're going to say something, it better be yeah. nice, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so all, like, if you don't have something nice, don't say yeah. it kind of yeah, thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, and I just, I feel like there's so many different things within that, too, to kind of, like, bring it back to sex ed, where it's, like, yeah. there's ways of, like, teaching people how to have these conversations and how to, like, carry themselves, and it's, like, we've seen what happens when the conversations are not productive or like when they're actually harmful you know that kind of idea and it's like there's ways of doing it in a productive way that are still you know educational and informative and genuinely beneficial but also still like light and easy and it's not like sitting somebody down and being like hey let's have a super serious talk yeah like what's what it's gonna be or like I think about you know your sister giving you a book when she felt like you were ready to be able to read it that kind of idea of just normalizing this idea of like sharing information and like reading and being able to like positively impact people when they're you know ready to hear that and when they're ready to have that conversation or when it seems most beneficial for them yeah, I think that's super important. I think, like, and th- this is just my opinion, but, like, uh, when you have very uh, 
religious communities, which religion is fine to me, to me and like other people share, but it's when like uh, you have it so ingrained with like a school system that they say abstinence only or just like wait till marriage kind of thing that just starts perpetuating the whole thing about shame and like being scared of like talking to others about it. Um, and I know like somebody that uh, went to Catholic school, like actual like middle school or something like that. And it's like, guys had sex and it's like no we didn't have it at all like it wasn't just a course at all and it's just crazy to me and I don't know if it was just because I always went to public school but you had those but even when you had a sex ed class they were very like like I mean if you're gonna do it don't <laughs> get classes no that's it's like if you're gonna have sex don't <laughs> And it reminds me of the the whole quote, like, uh, teenagers are going to have sex, whether they do, like, whether they tell you about it or not. So why not, like, educate them on, like, how to do it safely? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's kind of become, like, my... I don't like I guess my motto of sorts where it's kind of like we need to have the conversations because obviously, like, this is happening. Like, people are, you know, and it's like, like it's kind of goes for everything too. It's like, it's people who are trying to figure out their gender, their sexuality, kind of like if they're ready or not. It's like all of these different questions and all these different things that come with growing up, like those are still going to come up regardless if we sit them down and say, hey, actually this is like, you know, an option for you or like this is, you know, what's going to happen or if we tell them not to, you know, that kind of idea, like it's still going to happen. (laughs) Like it's, it's, you know, or at least they're going to hear stories about it happening or they're going to be exposed to it in some way. And it's like, wouldn't you want it to be kind of the, the most effective, most, you know, informative, most like, I don't even know what to call it. Like, I guess like evidence-based or just like generally factual. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess that's just funny. Yeah, because uh, I have this friend and we were just just trans and she would like tell me about things and I would tell her about like my things and stuff like that. And then I moved to yeah, and like we're still like talking almost every single day and like we're we're audio messaging and she says that this new girl from work, she, she's like my friend, the one that I was talking about, she is 22 and, and she's like, yeah, and she's asking me questions and I'm like, oh, I wish Shay was here because she explains it better. And I just think it's so interesting because it's it really is a community and like when you don't know something you usually go to a friend like that knows and stuff and it's just like this little daisy chains of knowledge. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's like important that like not only do they know that they can talk to you, but uh, that they want to also give reliable like information. And that's why sometimes when when I'm like stumped or when when I'm thinking about like. Uh, information to give other people um I'll, I'll try to bring in someone that I think is more knowledgeable than me <laughs> and I think that's what should matter in sex ed because you always want to have someone that's like reliable and like that's like open to talk with others and if they don't know they can give you more information than someone that does know yeah absolutely no I think that's honestly a great setup and kind of like segue into what I was going to ask you next so it's like <laughs> kind of what are you hoping to see? Like, how would you want a sex ed class to be structured? Like, you know, because what I'm getting from that is like you would want people who are in the classroom who are able to give people genuine information, like like true information. Yeah. And then they would also be able to give recommendations for resources or like people to yeah. talk to who can like for, provide further information. So like, is there 
like anything else that you're looking for? Like if you want to elaborate on that point a little bit. Yeah, no. Um, so when it comes to like sex ed classes, I just wanted to be like, not demonizing sex. That was something that, that I was going to mention there earlier. Like a lot of classes seem to like be like, this is the worst thing that could happen in your life. Uh, and instead of like, hey, this is something that's maybe because there there is people who are asexual. This is something that maybe happened in your life at one point or the other. Uh, these are some resources uh, and like if somebody ever comes up to the teacher with a question and they don't know how to answer it or they feel uncomfortable answering to, for at least someone to be comfortable to be like, um, I can't really answer this, but here's like some material that you can read or, or stuff like that. Um, because I feel like um, I don't know, American schools tend to be like, oh, let, let's not talk about that or that's not in the class material. I'm not going to talk about it. And, and I mean, that might be teachers protecting themselves because parents tend to be <laughs> um, really into what their kids are learning and be very angry when they're not learning what they think they should be learning. Um, but I think there should be more of an open conversation and like willingness to learn more. Like even if you're someone that's trying to educate other people, you're willing to learn more, not only for that other person, but for yourself. Um, I had a, a writing teacher in college and he took um, a religious class, I believe. Um, and he was giving a class and he was talking about like the Bible and the uh, Quran. And the, one of his students came up to him and he's like, hey, I noticed that uh, you didn't talk about, oh my God, like, I'm sorry, I'm terrible, the Hebrew book. Um, and he's like, oh, I haven't because I haven't personally uh, read it. And then he went and read that book too. And I, I think it's really important to be a well-researched person. And even if it's not necessarily something that interests you to at least be willing to learn. Absolutely. No, I think that's such a key thing because we, I think when we talk about sex ed, we tend to frame it in a conversation of like, information that's being provided so like what's actually taught in sex ed and I think it's really key too to talk about who's actually teaching sex ed and yeah. kind of who we're putting in these positions because it's usually you know like a biology teacher or a health teacher or like somebody where they might have an understanding of it but they might not necessarily yeah. be like an expert like it's not somebody who's trained in specifically talking about issues related to sexual health and I think that's yeah. a really key thing it's like there's something really nice about having somebody in the room who this is like a thing for them. Like they've gone yeah. through a training, they're interested in learning more because I, then you end up in situations like you were explaining with your professor who yeah. when somebody proposes something new or asks a question, yeah. the teacher, instead of just being like, oh, that's, it just looked yeah. up online. The teacher yeah. actually goes out of their way to be better and to like yeah, learn something exactly. new for the sake of everybody else. And I think that's just really like, really wonderful and it creates such yeah. a good like learning environment because with with sex ed it's like not I don't know like to me it's not the same thing it's just like learning like calculus or something because yeah. it's so deeply personal it's like I it's about you and who you are yeah. as a person and it's like you know you want to have a teacher who gets you and seems like they want to genuinely help you and it's just like you know like any teacher and you know um. wants to like just like be there <laughs> yeah. it's, you know or if they don't know everything they're willing to look it up and be better and like yeah. be there for people and answer questions in like the you know least judgmental way possible like in a totally neutral like okay yeah there's, there's nothing weird here kind of idea yeah and I think that's important because 
I think people like me or like you or somebody else, uh, uh, when I was going through college, there was like that moment where I stopped and like I thought to myself for a second, it was like, should I just like study like, uh, I don't know if this is the right word in English, but sexology, like, yes, yeah, that's like, be like sexologists and just like talk about this stuff because I'm very passionate about it. And then I would turn around and, and went for English. <laughs> but that, that was one of the things that like for a moment I thought to myself, maybe I can be like that educator, like that person. More. And, and then I was like, nah, I want to write books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, um, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's a really wonderful field. And I think it requires like a certain amount of like comfort. Like you have to work yeah. through so many layers of like learning about yourself and learning about other people. And like, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's really wonderful. Like, I think there's kind of this idea that like, you can just kind of like talk about sex. Like it does, you yeah. don't need somebody where that's like their thing, but it's, yeah there's a lot of benefits to having somebody in the room where that is their thing. Like they feel 100% comfortable going in front of a room of like, you know, ninth graders and being able to not only say the words like vagina and penis, which is difficult for a lot of, you know, (laughs) for a lot of people to be able to do that. But um, just being able to like answer very genuinely and be, you know, with complete honesty, just like, yeah, this is what the deal is. Like it's, I'm not here to like tell you one way or another. I'm just here to say, here's the information. Do what you will. And if you have any questions, you can come to me later on, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's like what you just mentioned right now, the come to me later on, if you have any questions, is like one of the most important things because I feel comfortable like right there in the spot with like the rest of the class being like, Hey, I feel weird about this. Is that normal? <laughs> because then you have everybody else who's like might judge them. Uh, and like, just being like, I don't know if like now it's easier to reach out to teachers through email or stuff like that. And I think it's opened up a lot of possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Um, someone I had on here, I believe mentioned having like a virtual uh, question box so like for yeah. some classrooms they would have like physical like it would be kind of like a tissue box or shoe box or yeah. room. people could go in and like put their questions and for this person it was um, I think it was Stabin maybe who I was talking to and she said she had like a virtual kind of question box and then the teacher would answer the question so it's completely anonymous and like you wouldn't have to go through that embarrassment of like putting a question into the box you know that kind of idea you could do it from the comfort of your own home you can like make sure it's truly anonymous because like handwriting won't give you away or anything like that Yeah. yeah I think there's a lot of different ways that technology I think can be really beneficial for you know teaching people and opening conversations or like I think about the various you know, like YouTube channels and stuff like that, or like, very, yeah. honestly, like podcasts too, where it's people can listen to them and they can learn about themselves and learn about other people and kind of address any lingering questions they might have. And it'll be someone who really so deeply cares about the stuff that they're willing to, you know, sit down and like make an entire YouTube channel with like graphics and yeah. like, you know, things like that to explain to people how, you know, the mechanics of sex might work or how to figure yeah. out, you know, if you're queer or, you know, whatever, or yeah. whatever it might be for you as a person. Yeah. It's fantastic. And like, I, I follow some of the YouTube channels and podcasts and everything. And like a lot of the stuff that I've learned throughout life has been through that kind of stuff. I think, uh, especially for me, because I never had the whole like asking anonymous question. It was just like festering inside until like you have to ask your parents and then it's even more awkward. <laughs> uh, but um, 
I think a lot of learning I did was like, if I had a question, it was just like Google. <laughs> you would stumble upon like the black hole of the internet. Yeah, no, Google is like one of those where definitely a love-hate relationship. It's like, okay, so you can potentially learn a lot, but also you yeah. have to wade through yeah, exactly. a lot of resources to get there yeah. first. And it's kind of difficult to tell sometimes what is correct. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have anybody there to like check it for you, like if you don't have anybody yeah. in your life who's like, hey, so this is like what science shows or like this is what we've learned or this is what yeah. we you know know to be generally true it's like you know instead you're just kind of going through internet and you're just like yeah like, you're I just like know. going in blind hoping yeah. for the best you're like well this one web page said this and another said this um okay. I don't know it's a I don't know how to take that so no um, yeah so again that that's mainly what I hope for like sex ed in the future just like more openness and more like people willing to learn even as teachers and like just like being able to answer questions anonymously I think that will help out a lot yeah no absolutely I think that's just a really really key point and I really love that and I think it's it's a really optimistic point too because I think it feels a little less like big than oh my god we have to like redo yeah Yeah, we have to like burn everything yeah it's like, okay, like there's, there are steps and like, these are completely approachable things that teachers can do or parents can do, or even like friends or older siblings can do, you know, it's like, like not to place the burden on anybody, but it's like one of those things where it's, if you are open to having these conversations or maybe you feel super uncomfortable with it and like you're, you you know, you want to start working on it. It's like, there are resources online and it's a great place to start. And, you know, it, nobody expects you to be an expert in anything. It's like, just be, you know, able to say, oh, I'll let me look that up for you and I'll get back to you with. Yeah, exactly. And like have that openness because again, I mentioned my older sister, she was able to come out to me and like talk about it. me and my older sister have a lot of like open conversations about sex and stuff. And like me and my little sister, she doesn't talk as much about, I mean, maybe now they live closer together. So now maybe now they talk more. But growing up, um, and I mean, past the whole like siblings hating each other when they're children, but growing up, my little sister would like tell me about her friends and like all the other stuff. And then my older sister would tell me about her friends and all the other stuff, but they wouldn't really like talk to each other about that stuff. Uh, so it was nice knowing that I was someone that they felt most comfortable coming for me uh, because they are eight years apart and they're all both four years apart from me. So not, in, not only was I the middle child, I was also the one that could like approach both of them because I was closer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I really love that. I love the idea of having kind of like somebody in the house who can like, you know, you can talk to people. It's really, I mean, I think even just having one person who you can go to is like so huge. Like just being able to like open up with them and be like, look, this is what's going on right now. Um, I don't know what to do with this or like I, I stumbled upon this thing and I don't know what this term means and I'm a little scared to Google it, you know, whatever it might be. It's, it's like, you know, you can have honest and genuine conversations with at least one person in your life. And I really do think everyone needs that one person. And even if, you know, it doesn't, even if it's not now, like right this very second, it's like, at least you have something like Google to be able to kind of fall back on. Yeah. And it's been my dream, like being that aunt that like never got married, never had children and like just come to like for weird advice. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah, 
have, I have a lot of experience. <laughs> I always wanted to be that person. And I'm like, it seems like I might be going that way. <laughs> no, I really love that. I think that's such a, like... <laughs> <laughs> like a foundational piece to a family is having like at least one person who just kind of like floats in floats yeah. out gives really good like you know presents on birthdays and stuff yeah. like that and then we'll answer like weird deeply personal questions oh that's yeah. exceptional oh my god the dream has a lot of caps for some reason <laughs> <laughs> always but I think that's it on questions that I have for you. If you have anything else that you want to share, if you have any great anecdotes, anything or any like wrapping up notes that you'd like to share, yeah. you have the floor. Um, I mean, most of them I told you in like excruciating detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, I think I've stumbled my way through X ed sex. <laughs> um, and I learned through like various points. Some I learned in school, some I learned from my family, some I learned traumatizingly through Google. Um, but, but I think it all shaped me to a, a person that like, I'm very open to conversations. I remember. <laughs> and you feel free to cut this out. <laughs> I remember one time I, I came into work and I used to work at Panera Bread and I don't work there anymore, so I can say this freely. And it was like right open to the customers and there were a couple come in. And then I, I just come in into my shift and one of my coworkers turns to me and he goes, Shay, do you think like girls get anything out of rimming? And I was just like, why is this the first thing? That <laughs> and like the other coworker just turns and is like, I don't think even guys get something out of rimming. Like they're just having this full on conversation <laughs> about it. And I was just like, this is my life now. And like, I just had to tell them what I thought. And I was like, I mean, the couple are having fun. Like who's to judge? <laughs> like I, I've just had people come to me with like, there's like weird, strange sex stories. And like, I'm always feel so like, I was like, you're, you chose me to, to tell me about how you had sex at a swamp. I don't know how that works, but I'm happy you had a great time. <laughs> And like, it's like an honor being that person that people feel comfortable enough to tell them what weird stuff you've done. Oh, absolutely. No, I feel yeah. like that's like, like a key part of this podcast. It's just this constant yeah. feeling of like, wow, people really want to come on here and like, talk to me, like, they yeah. really can like share their stuff with me. That is so nice. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah no, I absolutely understand. There's something really wonderful about being like a, a resource or, and honestly, just being like, like a good friend or just like a person somebody can talk to it's like it's so valid yeah. it's like me like I'm special it's such a great feeling and I'm so that's why when you first mentioned it you're like hey we've never talked before but would you be willing I'm like yes yes <laughs> I need someone else to talk to but I'm so glad you're able to do this. Thank you so much for coming on yeah. with me today. Thank you for having me. This was great. I had a lot. <laughs> so glad. Hi, everyone. Before we, you know, tune out, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sex Ed Taught Me. Thank you for supporting this podcast and supporting this kind of, you know, ridiculous hodgepodge idea that I came up with uh, just, you know, because I wanted to see it and try it out and see what happens. Um, a huge thank you to Jake Miller, who is the editor and kind of just the I don't know, he mixes the podcast, he puts this all together for us. Um, I honestly think he's the reason why you're even hearing it right now. So 
Uh, huge, huge thank you to him and huge thank you to our guests who are coming on to the show. Um, if you are interested, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at sexedtotten. So hopefully it should be pretty easy to find. Uh, and if you want to send anything in to us, if you would like to be a guest, if you just have a funny story you'd like to share, if you have any questions or things you want to clarify or whatever reason it might be, you can also email us at sexedtotten at gmail.com. Uh, but again, thank you so much for tuning in and see you next time.